Hey guys, this is Aaron. Uh, thanks for listening to the pod. pod. <laughs> Uh, for episode 75, I got the opportunity to have a conversation with Blaine Cartwright from Nashville Pussy, which was fucking awesome. Um, but we had to do things a little different because there was sort of a time crunch and it wasn't the night that we usually do the podcast. So part of it's recorded in the car and then we took him on a tour of the studio and we sat down and smoked. I basically had the time for him to drink a beer and us to smoke a bowl before Karen came and picked him up. And then, and, and then that was really all the time that we had for a conversation because I had a rehearsal to get to and he had a show to play. So um, we didn't get to the sponsors or the homie shout out on this episode. So I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. First and foremost, Matula Plumbing. Matula, shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. And you know the rest. Uh, Evergroove Studio, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, Mutiny Information Cafe, Flipside Music, TheNugNation.com, all the people who helped this happen. But uh, most of all, the people who back us via a small recurrent contribution on Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. You guys make the goddamn world go round. Uh, you guys should check it out and see what it's all about because it helps us make cool stuff. And uh, we've been making a lot of it lately, like this fucking episode, talking with the one and only Blaine Cartwright of Nine Pound Hammer and Nashville Pussy. So enjoy the episode, you guys, and uh, yeah, love you lots. Bye-bye! So I have I have an unusual idea. Okay. Since since time got cut short a little bit. Uh-huh. I can still get high. Oh, yeah. But I, I got we'll ice cream or anything. We'll do uh, we'll do kind of a one of a kind episode. So here's what I want to want to pitch sure. to you. Sure. Is we record on the drive over. I give you a tour of the you shop. Any, you got anything to get high with? One of four. Yeah. I've not been high in a long time. Here you go. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Oh, fun. Yeah. Your tour manager has pneumonia? Yeah. Shitty. Yeah, that's yeah. her right there. She has pneumonia. Oh, that's fun. I want to say I heard a story about um, Mark Atkins from Guttermouth was talking about how, like, everybody on the tour one year got meningitis. Yeah, I didn't sound good. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, every single person on the tour. Wow. Yeah, man. That ain't cool. Nah, she's got it. I think we're okay. I don't think it's a virus or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the tour been? It's been good, man. We got these. We, we basically would have ended in Vancouver, but it's just so expensive for us to go home. I was like, can you just book us some punk clubs on, uh, you know, on the way home? Oh, and we had to play here. That yeah. makes sense. 
months. Okay. Yeah, because we were on tour. We were we tour with a guy in Canada. He was, he was he was a comedian. He's from that metal show. If you ever saw Brian, show. wait, who? Which comedian? Uh, he's from a show called That Metal Show. Yeah, I know, I know that metal show. But which comedian? Don Jameson. There's three. Oh, okay, yeah. Don Jameson, uh, um, what's the guy, Marty, Eddie, Eddie Trunk, and uh, um, the other guy, <laughs> Eddie Trunk, and the other the guy, Big James. Uh, fucking the guy. I'm just kind of delirious. So no, I, I hear you. Yeah, I. Uh, have you ever gone on the um, Monsters Rock cruise before? No, that's what they're. Hopefully, we'll try to get on that next year. That's where Don Jameson just went to the Megadeth cruise. Oh, cool! He went there straight there, and we got the same manager as him. So he came. He, we had a comedian open up through Canada. So it was pretty interesting. How was that touring with a comedian? Well, like I like it a lot. A, yeah, I don't know if I, had, I don't know if it works out more. It works out better for us than does comedians sometimes. No setup, no breakdown, just a mic, and, and then you get right well, on Well, yeah, but, he, but he's got dealing with people who aren't coming to comedy clubs. They're coming to see a band, so right, they, right. they're loud, and they're talking, and there's, which they don't do. In the, well, I, I, I'm assuming they don't do a comedy club. See, we did a show once where we had a comedian. So you're in, you're in the uh, fourth-year freshman. Well, fourth-year freshman, and then later MF Ruckus. So yep. you were you were your singer? Yep. Yeah, okay. You grew a beard since then. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone grows beards, and I don't recognize them at all. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I... Um, and I mean, you, you know, grow beards, and they go, "Man, bear me, man, we hung out." It's like, no, I know. Grow a beard, huh? okay. Yeah, I mean, well, and you meet probably thousands of people a year, I imagine. Yeah, because yeah, you guys get around, sure. dude. Yeah. You guys get around. Yeah, we did. We did the uh, had a comedian with us one time, and the I felt bad for the comics because the crowd is just like they're there to see a rock and roll show. You know, and they're just yelling shit up at the stage. Uh, these mostly in Canada, they've been drinking all day, and uh, they've been there's no there's nothing to do. Uh, so they're it's small towns and stuff. So sometimes they were coming to, uh, or they were coming to the show early, and uh, they were fucking trash by the time they got on. Man. Right, 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 right. <laughs> they're ready for. There's there's more in the glove box. I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. I'll, yeah, Eddie Trunk, man. I went on that. I went on that Monsters of Rock cruise with my old man. And Eddie Trunk and that metal show guys, they hosted. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. And uh, Jim Florentine. Oh yeah. yeah Jim Florentine, uh, kind of the younger, kind of like smiley, better looking dude. Like uh, <laughs> uh, the smiley, better looking. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. yeah just, just a guy with good muscles. That's Jim Florentine. There's the fat guy. Curly hair is Eddie Trunk. <laughs> and then there's Don. And yeah, he's like, uh, it just it looks like a more of a clean cut, but he's got he's got a little longer he's got longer hair. Mm -hmm. And but yeah, they're just God, they're just super fans. It's, it's fucking, it's, they're really, 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 really uh, um, big, big Nashville pussy fans. Yeah, or yeah. just big. Well, they're, they're big, big music big, fans. Yeah, big in music general. fans. They like metal. They like hard rock because he like because right. he. I didn't know Don would know about um. You really like Super Suckers, you like Zeke. Oh, yeah. He liked our Speed Dealer a lot when he saw him. And he liked some real cool. heavy shit. There's like, you know, because we always have our own, uh, we play of our own, play our own music before we go on. And, uh, and he was playing, uh, uh, I mean, there was like some like heavy metal new stuff that I had no idea what it was that the sound man was playing or the club was playing. And I was like, I get this shit off here. Then he'd know what it was. He'd just sing along. And I'm like, and you know, he so he keeps up with, uh, yeah, definitely keeps up with the shit. 
Yeah, I mean, he seems to know his stuff, and what yeah, I've gone on the real guys were totally man. They just really, really like. Yeah, they love music. Yeah. I don't know, it's big, yeah, his, his, his comedy was. Well, it was music. His comedy about music, but. God, he's. Um, it was. It was a lot of jokes about you know bands and stuff like that. Yeah, so. So so it's it works for the audience that they have there then. That's cool. Yeah, I uh, when I when I went on that cruise, Eddie. I want to say it was the guys from Faster Pussycat had this thing every year where they would do get trunk drunk, and they would they would like make him pound a fifth of Jack on stage before their set or something like that, something like that, where they would they would make Eddie Eddie Trunk just get you know puking wasted. Don Cheeto went to school here. Oh, really? Yeah, East High School, man. He went to school in Denver? Oh, yeah. He's from Denver? Yeah, he's from Denver. Yeah, he went to East and... God, who else went to East? I want to say, like, a few NFL and NBA players. Really? Yeah, a few of them. You know, not a ton. It's not like, you know, going to school in L.A. or like even in Atlanta, you know, you guys have tons of athletes that come out of Atlanta. We got John Don Cheadle. <laughs> Ice is really good, though. Oh, he's the shit? He played uh, Miles. He played a hit. He, he wrote, produced, and acted and directed or whatever. The oh, in that Miles Davis movie? movie? Yeah, it was weird, too. It was okay. It's going to be better, but they made a... They made them right in order for it to go to like you know certain markets like the Chinese I guess or wherever. Yeah. They had to put, they had to put, they had to put Ian McGregor character in there, which didn't exist. <laughs> the decisions like, they make for the I know, Chinese. I was like, and it was just I, I knew that beforehand, and I could kind of figure if I knew it before I saw it, and I was like, that's gonna ruin it, but I'll give it a shot anyway. And if I hadn't known that, I might have thought it was a real character, maybe. I seemed kind of bullshit, but I knew it. The Ewan McGregor character was made up? Yeah. They made him go back and rewrite that character (laughs) in there. Have a white guy going, you know, white guy walking around telling him what what not to do, basically. Don't do it. Miles, no, no. Right, right. Miles, slow down. You know, or whatever they had. I don't know what he did. It was a kind of an adventure film. Oh, no, I I saw it. It was too. they didn't present it like a like a full biopic. No, they presented it, it like yeah. It was uh, I knew there I knew there was focused on one period. I know there was I don't know how real it was, but they def but he already but the Ian McGregor was the last minute. Like I think Ewan that McGregor, he was based Ewan. on an actual character no, from no it, not uh, even no and no hundred percent fucking total total totally made up hundred percent. Do you ever watch right um? They made it right it in. They had it. Movie they made with, with, right in it. After the fact, they made it right in. Yeah, the script was done. <laughs> they said we can't, we won't finance this or whatever without, uh, you know. I'd read it at the time in like some Mojo or something like that magazine. So I'm, I'm sure it's on Wikipedia or something too. And this was to appeal to Chinese audiences, or this was just well, they don't they didn't want just black people. <laughs> the Chinese don't. No. What? No, they that was that's one thing that like. Uh, See, this is all news on. to me. The, like, I knew that I knew that was going on there, and I knew they had like censorship because the Stones finally went, and the Stones had to show their uh, uh, like present their set list to the government and stuff, right? Right. And Jagger's like, well, you, you know, that's just the way it is. That's, that's nothing. That's not going to change because of us. So, right. But as far as the movies and stuff, yeah, supposedly they write stuff in, 
uh, and take stuff out that might offend the Chinese or stuff. I mean, I know about the South Park thing. Yeah, that's kind of brought it to light. But uh, I know I don't think it was just the Chinese. It was like I think it was just someone. You know, I think it's well. White they they think white people need someone to look through, like like have need a white character to identify with, because the average person is not going you know identify with Miles Davis. That's for fun. Right, right. Well, I mean, Miles he's, Davis was a lunatic. He's a lunatic, you know? but you got to make him a sympathetic genius. character. Yeah, just like just, he was, he was, he was like he's a genius. He's black, and he was, uh, and it could be very mean, and uh, it was very uh, unpredictable. You know, that's it. No, so they, they had to soften traits. the they had to soften the edge most of his people, story. Yeah, most people don't have those traits. Most people aren't geniuses. And not like and Miles Davis. No, they're not theorists. Yeah, I only know so much about that guy. But I was that's why I was, you know, I can usually take jazz in the context of a, a movie. So or something I can watch. And I just can't sit around and listen to jazz. You know, right, right, yeah, right. But it's just like uh, so. I was trying to figure out. You know, I was kind of, but I curious. I was all curious, jazz curious. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I saw it and I thought, I thought, uh, I thought it was kind of cool that they didn't present it like a traditional biopic. No, that would have taken. You know that would have I mean? been like a, you know, that had to have like a series. Like they put like a little bit of the story in it, but they they had they put they put a little bit of flat. I don't know how much flashbacks they had. They start off with he's. I remember they had like. They're playing something from, um, they're playing So What or something, Raw, obviously, right. Birth of Cool or something. And and uh, Miles Davis calls him up and goes, Play the motherfucker. He's like, That's not a golden period. You wouldn't fucking know. You know, the DJ goes, Play Scum from Sketches of Spain. You know, I'll listen yeah, to they it. did the whole Sketches of Spain section of the movie too, which was I thought was pretty cool, showing him like as a young man doing that. And then they'd go, they'd flash forward to the scenes where he's just, you know, long curly hair and just coked out of his skull 24 yeah. hours a day. Yeah, yeah man. No, I, I, like, I didn't know anyone else has seen that movie besides you. Dude, I've, I, I, I liked that they presented it contrary to the... The typical biopic. I, I agree. That's what I was kind of. That's what got me, and that's what I liked about it. But I mean, I'd, all the Amy McGregor stuff, doing McGregor, whatever, however you say his name, is totally made up. You know, it was um, almost like you know how Wonderland wasn't a biopic about John Holmes. It was a biopic about yeah, yeah, Wonderland yeah, murders or yes, whatever. Yes, yeah. It's almost kind of the same thing. Yeah, where it's I like, like that one too. You know, the Miles Davis one. It 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 had biopic elements to it yeah but for the most part it was about the story about how he stole his music back yeah and, or and then you know spoiler alert yeah yeah you know turned out turned out that there was nothing on the tape to begin with and that was the whole reason that he wanted to get it back I, I thought that was a really cool yeah. choice have you do you ever watch um I don't know if you watch a lot of like YouTube channels and things like that, but sometimes I don't do it near as much as most people. But have you watched Screen Rant? Do you know what Screen Rant is? Uh, Screen Rant is it's it's this one guy and he does these he does these uh, a whole bunch of different pieces of content of his on his channel. But one of them that he does is it's called um, oh what is it called? It's called uh, Pitch Meeting, and he does a reimagining of a pitch meeting for a movie, and they did the. Uh, he did a, a, you know, it's satire. It's a satire of what what he imagines the pitch meeting might have looked like, and he plays all the characters in the meeting. It's it's pretty funny, but he did the uh, 
the Queen movie. Oh God, yeah. And talked about how much of the stuff from the Queen movie was just completely made up. Like, oh, really? Like the stuff about them breaking up was made up. Yeah. There were also too. There was really it was totally out of sequence. Just like all of a sudden, like they they play start playing Fat Bottom Girls, and I was like. Whoa! These guys haven't even done like we. They're not even. This is like before they were doing tying your mother down. They had fat bottom girls, and then all of a sudden they they played towards the, the end. They record we will rock you, and I was like, wait a minute, this is out of sequence. And I mean, any novel novelty fan would know it's out of sequence. And um, I'm, but I wasn't that. I watched that. I wish that was my girlfriend. I didn't like that movie that much. Oh yeah, it sounded good in the theater. It did. I, it was I that. mean, it sounded, it sounded great in the theater. There was tons of things I didn't like about it, and we've we've talked about it on the show at least three or four times. But I, the 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 things that I did like about it, like the recreation of the Wembley concert, I thought was cool. I thought some of the stuff where they showed the behind the scenes recording approach, I like that kind of stuff. You know, I like um, those classic albums, uh, mini docs that they were doing on BBC for a while, you know, where they go behind the scenes and show the process and whatnot. What I didn't like was the portrayal of the characters, for one, and for two, they underplayed Brian May and uh, Man, yeah, he was Don Deacon's contribution. Yeah, and also, the, whoever played those three were great. Oh, yeah. Oh, but they, they underfeatured them. It. They nailed it, man. Yeah, they should have been there way fucking more. Brian May, everybody did Brian May was fucking, it seemed like they were dead on. Uh, I thought they looked, those, they looked the, like, the, and they were, and they were uh, I think those guys were all, they did good. Whoever they cast was good. Was good. I think I have mostly unknowns for all those. Yeah. And, uh, I, but there's a lot of like regular people, normal people that were telling, like, you know, tell my girlfriend, like, hey, uh, oh, uh, um, she was going, oh, they were like, oh, well, you better bring your handkerchief when you go see it. Like, didn't you know what was <laughs> yeah, going to no, happen? I heard a lot like, of that. It's like, what? It's like, didn't you know what was going to happen? You know, he died at the end. And then you show him done. They show him, like, like, playing a lot of people and then that was it it makes it hard to enjoy things like that when you're an actual fan because yeah. the, the movie is supposed to be presented to a broader audience yeah. of people who are like familiar like yeah the, 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 the broader market is not ultra familiar and ultra fans the broader market is you know regular it's people hard like even yeah fathom that people don't. well but then again I was watching this documentary on ABBA and it was talking about how Mama Mia, the, the Broadway, the Broadway show, uh, brought ABBA's music for people who didn't know about it. I was like, how the fuck does anyone not know fucking ABBA? Well, I mean, I, was, I mean, it's like when Os the Osbournes came out, there was all these people that did, did uh, there's 90% of the people that, were, that didn't know who, I mean, were introduced to Ozzy by that. Dude, the broader like, market, crazy. the broader market has no idea. That's, they're, they're scary people. The, 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 the broader, like, you gotta figure most people, and this isn't even most people worldwide. Most people in the country listen to, they, they, they like to keep their tastes pretty, pretty encapsulated. You know, they've got their shows on TV. They've got, you know, the handful of bands that they know from the radio and their friends, but they don't know a lot about, I don't know. But see, here's the deal. My, uh, when I when I was like a kid, I was just by the time I was 17 years old, I had 500 records and I had a lot of all kind of albums. I had more than when I knew. Right. And uh, and my sister 
when she was four years younger, but she got, by the time she was my that same age, she had 12 cassettes. And it was the same same 12 cassettes that every one of her friends had. She was kind of a popular cheerleader type. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the thing is, though, because back then, uh, people that bought more records kind of decided what they had a, a mathematically a bigger influence on what was popular. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you have access to anyone, because you had to go get get the music, and when you had access to the, the same amount of records to everyone, and have everyone access to it, right. and it gets the last one music, it gets terrible, it gets stupider. Oh yeah, it had to get stupider. Well, and they're using yeah, focus groups to pick bands. Goes down just way, that's the way it is. Yeah. People, people don't care about as much. Right. right. So welcome to the Nug Nation. Okay. So basically what we do here primarily is we make a cartoon oh, no way. and it features characters made of real weed. And so this is, this is our production studio. Like, check this out. You're going to love this. So all the characters are named after different strains of weed, right? So this is Cookie. She's based on Girl Scout Cookie. She's one of the characters from the show. And we have our production assistant, Max. He dresses up with, in this for the 420 rally and like runs around. Like We have video of him doing like yoga in the park with this all the like, yoga moms. Yeah, this is Cookie. This is Girl Scout. It's called Nug Nation. Yeah, the Nug Nation. And then we're like partners with all these hemp brands and shit like that. And we uh, like this is what the characters look like. This is a project that we're, we're working on right now. Can I have some big names on that? It's gonna be pretty cool. Well, I've actually got a strain named after my old man. Uh, nine pound hammer? Yes. Really? Yes. I you got know. a strain named after nine pound hammer? Yes. That's it's called nine pound hammer. It's real famous, and, but I didn't know. <laughs> no way. I didn't because it's a famous song and a famous a lot of stuff. Right. I didn't think it was named after us, and people would send me pictures of it, and they get it, and you got you get in Cal you get in Vegas. Right, and you get it in California, maybe it's real strong. It's people's favorites, man. Get the fuck uh, out they, of yeah, here! Yeah, because they get they have pre-roll joints and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I, I found out from I found out from my friends in Detroit that that was that was named after uh, uh, they, that I know the grower, and he's going to have a Nashville pussy string come out what? in twenty twenty instead. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So this is this so is the shop. You got chocolate. You got edible. I can throw it down. Hell yeah. How, what's, what's the milligrams on it? That's the thing. I don't know. These are all made by the, the same little old lady. Oh, shit. So... What do you got for me, Mark? I well, can't take anything that smells. I got to cross... got to go through... Well, I left, I left a big bag of edibles and the ice cream in the... Oh. In the freezer at the place. These are some of the characters. Oh, so, shit. Let me get to Do you know who that is? Hold a second. That's yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus. Wow. We did a music video for Billy Ray Cyrus, and the dude literally phoned in his voiceover. Oh, God. Literally called it in. Uh, this is Diesel. I do his voice. These are the Nappy Roots guys. I you got want to do a voice them. or something? Uh, actually, uh, well, we're going to sit down. We're going to smoke a bowl and just I've talk. And then, and then we will. Uh, what I want to have you do is a voiceover I don't, for. I did a, I did a, I did a voiceover for. Uh, a video game with Tra it, was, it starred Tracy Lords, Billy Williams, and me and Mark Hamill. Uh, <laughs> what? It's called Let It Die. I've never seen it because I don't know any of my video games. It's online. Right. And, uh, okay, cool. I got a professional mic. Uh, 
stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to eat uh, edible then. Yeah, let me, uh, let me grab you something. And I'm going to kick it in with the brew I've got. Welcome to episode 75 there you go. of the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron Howell. This is, of course, the official podcast of the international power rock combo, motherfucking ruckus, from Denver and Chicago, respectively, the rad in Colorado, and certainly in Eradicable. So I've got Blaine Cartwright from Nashville Pussy here. If you've been listening to the show thus far, you've heard uh, you've heard us just kind of bullshitting in the car, recorded off my phone. Gordo is not here. We put this together kind of on the fly, and I talked Blaine into coming and hanging out and smoking a bowl with me, yeah, and having a conversation before his show tonight. So I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, man, it got me out of uh, loading in that small <laughs> club and. Just figure out where things are going to go. They're asking me questions, and I was like, I'm out of here, man. Dude, so, I, I, thank you so much. There I mean, are I, times that I wish been like, I could do that. Well, uh, I I usually get to do that, and like uh, where we have like a bigger audience, where we have more more people working for us. So I just walk straight to where I want to go, and have to be back at a certain time. But not on a van tour. Um, not on no. a van tour. No, it's just uh, you know, we, it's just not on, not as making as much money as we do in Europe tour. Basically, Amer- American tour we get, which is all down. American tours, right? Uh, these days, the first when we first, when National Pussy first started off, we did really well in America, and in Europe took a while. Europe kind of grew at its own little uh, healthy little level that america we had like too much too soon i think and uh and it's like i don't know if people will go see rock and roll anymore <laughs> so that's actually that was on my list of things i wanted to ask yeah. you about and i'm down to get right into right into that is yeah what do you think has been number one what do you think and i asked karen about this too what do you think has been the biggest change since you and Nashville Pussy started, or since you started touring even with, like, Nine Pound Hammer. Like, yeah. What has uh, been the biggest change in the industry that you've seen in the U.S.? Well, there's, well it's kind of gone. I don't. There's not enough money in it to have too much of an industry. I, I don't know anything about the music industry itself anymore. Because our music's free, apparently. <laughs> right. It's the only thing that is. Because first, movies are free on YouTube and everything, but it's like, those cost money now. Everything costs money. Right. Except for music. You know, right. you get, you know. So anyway. Um, Cost money to there's make that. It. That, was a, that was the thing that kind of kicked us in the ass recently because we had, uh, we used to get a decent, a really decent budget because they'd always sell a certain amount of copies. And uh, we we got it. And then it went, it got cut by like uh, 60 or 70 percent, mostly directly, out. directly because of Spotify. Which I and I have Spotify. I like Spotify a lot. Right, that's dude. It's it's that's the thing is it's like this double edged sword because it's like, dude, I want people to have access to my stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's the whole thing. Because I, I uh, man, I was back when I was I was dating this uh, Swedish young Swedish girl about ten year eight ten, ten years ago, and she turned me on to it. At that time, on Spotify, you could get. Um, after five plays, it would go away, and you could only get it on your laptop. So you didn't have access to, to, to all the music all the time. Basically, it's pretty concentrated. It was kind of like more trying things out. And there was all kinds of people from Bob Dylan to or whoever didn't have their stuff on there yet. But my initial, initial reaction when I saw this is like I went and I was kind of – I went and checked out National Pussy. And I was like, 
you know, you're going, all of our records are on here and they're for free. And I was like, God, you know, can we cuss on this thing, right? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, fuck, okay. He's like, can make sure. He's like, God damn it. And then I saw that one of them wasn't. Say something nasty. And then I got mad that it wasn't on there. So right now, From Hell to Texas isn't on there for some weird reason. And so we want to get, we're bitching about being free. But now if it's not on there, I want to get it back on there. I just, right, so, right. so, dude, it's, but you're competing with. That's how they got like, uh, there's a bunch of holdouts like Def Leppard and some other bands that for whatever reasons they didn't. They weren't on Spotify, and at the end, Led Zeppelin, and they're finally going up to these guys and go, you know, hey man, uh, these your kids are going to hear everything else but you. Mm-hmm. So they go, so you give in. They just give in because right. music music's so fun that people you're going to do it anyway. You know, Bob, you really Bob are. Seeger held out. Bob yeah, Bob Seeger held out, but I think there was. Because his early stuff is what I want access to, and they don't have that quite yet. They oh, like the the first couple albums? Uh, there's some ones. There's ones like um, I've got every one of his records, and I've got ones that he said that – there's one uh, God, uh, one record called Brand New Morning, which is him doing piano, anti-war piano ballads, and that he said – or it's called New Morning or Brand New Morning, and he said there's no copies out there. I saw it in, like, Classic Rock, and it's like – because I got them all buried in my backyard. It's so bad. <laughs> I've got two of them. I'm like, screw you, man. You got two. Screw you, Bob Seger. I'm finding out. And yeah, I put it on once. And there's one called Noah he did with uh, it was him, something in Tea Garden and Bob Seger. And that's not good. That's not good. That's not I, good. I want, the, I want the Bob Seger system stuff. Like I want the album with yeah. like Lucifer on it. You know? There you go. That's Mongrel. Mongrel. That's not, that's not on that. Mongrel is not on Spotify. Yeah. Mongrel's on it, uh, but uh, there's one called from back at '72 that has the original version of um, uh, Thin Lit, the, the song Rosalie. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the Bob Seger song. Right. And uh, at, he did it like maybe a couple of years before they did. But that album back in '72 hard is really hard to find. There's one called Seven that's quite really good and Smoking Up He's of course and. Um, yeah, Mongrel and Tales of Lucy Blue, Ramla Gamla Man record. And there's one I'm probably forgetting. Have you seen the video of Bob Seeger's system? I think it was yeah, on that's, like American that's, Bandstand. That's, yes, that's a, Oh, that was like, that was local. That was a Detroit show. Oh, that was show. a local, local Detroit show. show. Yes. The guy who's like, these kids with their, their guitars yes, all yeah, fresh yeah. and clean, and yours yeah. all beat up, son of a gun. <laughs> I love that, that video. That's that's. I think it's live, too, right? Well, it's, it's what not. they used to call live, which is where like they would have the band play to playback. Like There was hardly any bands playing live back then, because they hadn't mastered. They had the band play to playback, and they had the, about the vocals. No, I'm I'm pretty sure the vocals were playback as well. Because I remember because they but that they they played do they have a playback of that they recorded there, or were they just no, sometimes uh, they, no, was that, they, they, it might have been the actual record. I've only seen I've, it's been a while since I've seen it, and it's so uh, it's the, the quality is so uh, warbly of the, uh, the version I had. Right. Yeah. They uh, they they do like we were talking about the Queen movie. You know the scene yeah. where they go on like Top of the Pops or whatever. And they're they're like you're gonna have to play Killer Queen to play back and like like they're not gonna let him perform yeah, yeah. it live and they're taping up all the drums and shit. I think that that was standard for the time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you couldn't really do broadcast live performance at that point. Like it didn't sound good. You know, like yeah. like even the Beatles playing in a gigantic stadium is like a couple of microphones and sounds like shit. It's so know? weird. They're like they're they that's just I uh, just looks like hell. Mm-hmm. They and uh that's what that's why they quit touring. And it's like there's not besides there's all the screaming just you know and 
now writing songs on tour is really hard and uh i mean they like they said they couldn't hear themselves right so they're going off memory of and that's where they're playing you know five sets a day and the some next to german whorehouse back in yeah in hamburg 1959 or 60 or the hell they did man yeah all, all that yeah i've been by that we keep We've been by that place a few times because we uh, play. We're in Hamburg a lot. It's not Astra. It's uh, I don't know what it's called, man. It's like because everyone I kept on saying Cavern Club. The Cavern Club was where they pl- was the one in London, I think. Oh no, we went. We went there. It was um, Indra. Indra is the name of the club. Dang, or that's that's what very they call good it now. But uh, okay, we, we played. There's in, a little. There's a little. There was a little inscribed thing on right on, on the, the building. building. Yeah, building. Yeah. Yeah, we played at a uh, Grunspan, which is next door. It's like it's 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 one of the older clubs there, but all the clubs there in yeah. the Reeperbahn are insanely old. Like there's yeah, some no, of the I play. We had uh, I, I spent a whole lot of time there, not doing what you think either. I spent <laughs> nine pound hammer, not Crip Records, nine pound hammer, uh, as a label uh, that they were based in the Reeperbahn. Really? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, had, <laughs> we came from Kentucky straight there. Did yeah. you ever get a cup of pee thrown on you from Slag Alley? Did that ever happen to you? Uh, no, but uh, when. Um, uh, Ryder and when we get we had Karen initiated too of uh, like uh, <laughs> when uh, the thing is like when you go down the alley uh, for the hookers where the gaunt we call we used to call the gauntlet when yeah, you get gauntlet, into when you yeah. get into between the fences he lived he lived uh, to there was a gun place called the Gun Club it was downstairs and that's a bar and uh, right but there was the entrance right there to the defense and tim warren from crip records lived uh that building right there we were right by it and we were broke we were broken horny and we had to walk through <laughs> we had to walk through to get a pizza and they had pizza on our side horny, we could afford a pizza we waited around to eat our one meal or something we'd go get a pizza and we had to walk past the hookers and go man we don't need money we don't need money and, but the hookers will i heard we heard they will throw um, they would throw cups of water on women that walk down there. Oh, yeah. So women say women don't walk down there. So uh, Ryder went down there with Nine Pound Hammer when she was following me around before, uh, a few years before, right, right before we got married. And she put her uh, hair in her blue jean jacket and kind of walked. And she had kind of butch clothes and stuff, too, you know. <laughs> She dressed like a guy a little bit, so it was like she got like halfway down, and they started they they take their uh, you know take their little like take their little coins and oh, start, yeah. they they try to get your attention like that. But when it's a woman, they they go they hit it real hard. They're all like rattling, but about halfway down, they're like they're they're like they're all banging their windows. It's gnarly. And but we but Karen, I'm pretty sure we had Karen. Or just like, hey man, you know, you know, Karen is like uh, when she played bass for us. Like, right, right. First time, I was like, hey, uh, why don't you go down there? You know, they're gonna throw water on you. And she's like, fuck, <laughs> you. And she's like, fuck you, it's bullshit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know what we got, how we got all the way to Slag Alley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, well, I mean, oh, we're talking about we're, we're talking, talking about the Beatles. We're talking, of course. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about the Beatles. Yeah, we talking about the Beatles. You can't <laughs> talk about the Beatles' early career without talking about fucking Slag Alley, man. Yeah. Well, the Reaper Bond's insane. It's like not. When you see it for the first time, it's not what you expect from the Germans. You know, I mean, those I mean? guys, those guys, even if they didn't become stars, there's no way they're going to quit music if that was one of their first experiences. Oh, I know. It's being like, okay, they fucking drop out of school or try art school or whatever, and it's still it's still not far after World War II, man. And they grew up in rubble Bombed and stuff. Bombed out London. I know. My favorite quote about all of, my favorite quote about that is Keith Richards, his kid, goes, hey, I thought we won. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they had this, and then everyone they had to deal with everyone, you know. And then all of a sudden, they're in Germany, and they're probably told not to go there. No, don't go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, we were they're, just they're, there. <laughs> just there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they had literally, dude. I mean, it was real, literally eight years from the end of well they Beatles started up in what 55 I don't know man uh, so, I, so mid 50s we'll say so it had been probably eight to ten years tops since the end of the second world war when the Beatles went to Hamburg and were playing not just a gig every night like like you've got these like old timers who play like four hour nights I'm sure you've done four hour nights before I, I mean I, I think I've, I've escaped most of that uh, oh you never I've, you never had to do that uh, nine hours. pound hammer sometimes we'd, we'd play two sets uh, if we got hired and, and then we're like we can't do this because right. it's like everyone gets and we've done it before we've done it last time we did that too it's like everyone just so worn out after the first set that it's because you hard fast stuff you yeah, play you 45 hard, minutes right. and like and it's like you know it's like you know i don't know it's like, it's like a, or maybe even motorhead playing two sets once you get a break and you're like oh man and then you come back on it's just, i mean that was the standard for a long time you know well, that's like, how people got good i mean so like everyone james brown got good i said springsteen got good i mean it's like you every playing, day like you had like four hours of you know play four hours and, and that's why like long songs seven, eight hours they yeah. were doing seven oh. eight hours that's what made them that band, dude. We had to do. We would do. Uh, we would do four hour nights once in a while. We'd drive out to somewhere like Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. You know, like somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and play a fucking play like a four hour show. It, it makes you better. You got to learn a shitload of covers, but covers are good, man. Yep. Uh, it's, I was. Uh, uh, we learned Nine Pound Hammer. We learned covers first. National Pussy. We learned covers. Some covers first. But I was already writing songs when National Pussy started. Not but Hammer, we we just were learning covers because we couldn't write. It's good that we were learning covers of what we wanted to sound like. Right. Once we once we got going, you know. So right, and that that actually brings me to another question because there's something I've always wondered is, so I I started listening to Nashville Pussy probably in the early 2000s. I started, you know, I had been introduced to Nine Pound Hammer when I was really young, probably 11 or 12 years old. But what I'm curious about is you obviously didn't come out of the womb the mustachioed fucking Blaine Cartwright maniac fucking no like the the dude that you are today no so so what what were your first bands what were you oh no that's the first my first band was Nine Pound Hammer second your band. first band first band was Nine Pound Hammer second band was Natural Pussy yeah get the fuck no, out of here. No. You weren't like you didn't like. Bang I wasn't. I wasn't bands. good enough to be in other people's bands. Really, I was. Uh, um, I had to form stuff with friends and knew I was smart that I would that I was gonna um, that I was gonna come through creatively and stuff because I was I was funny and stuff and uh, and I was pretty determined. So we get Nine Pound Hammer. I could already play like Johnny Ramone. And what you know. year was that that Nine Pound Hammer started up? Eighty five. Eighty five. Holy shit! Yeah, no doubt. So okay, so and we're still playing. It's still, we're gone. We got four gigs of New Bomb Turks. Really, uh, in Ohio, and four gig, four gigs in February at the New Bomb Turks opening up. So we're hammer still playing. So With your great. first fucking band since '85, man, it's been it's gone on and off because the natural pussy is kind of took over when I had to. 
Uh, I can't tell you how good that is to hear, man. I've been with the same band my entire life. Well, that's good. And that's like, and just playing music with your friends, you can't beat that. You, you know, you can't beat that. No, that's, I feel that's the thing now. So you know, like you know, we're talking about Karen's, I don't see her. So that's the whole thing. If someone if someone quits, and I've I've never had a falling out with anyone that we like. I mean, like, oh, get out of here, or, like, fuck you or anything. I right, just usually just goes they just quit, and that makes it even harder. It kind of makes it harder when someone quits because it's like I know that you know I'm never see him again. No, I never see him again. No, I'm not gonna see him again. I'm not gonna see him. I mean, that's why I see all the old guys from Up and Hammer. If I stop playing music with it, if I start playing with those guys, I'm not gonna see them. Yeah, and I'm old, so it's like you know, I'm 55 years old, so it's like you know. Um, uh, I'm like, and I, when you, but when you do see him, you see him on this. You're all, you're doing something. You're doing something cool. It's not just you and your family and their family going, oh, blah blah blah. What are you doing? You know, just that crap. I never liked that crap. I don't think people even do that crap like that crap. Like, oh, come over, we'll have dinner and get kids and stuff. And it's like, it's just, it's, t- <laughs> it's, it's more work. To, that's more work than being in a band. And it's like, you know, and you can't. It's something about like we all play music together. Uh, it's just uh, it's why why we knew each other in the first place, kind of you know. Right? No, I mean if I if I didn't play in a band with my guys, I would probably never see them. Yeah, no, you don't. I mean, I see. Uh, like I said, I saw I see Karen when we come around here, and uh, but I'll you make plans and doing stuff. Oh, go do this sometime. And it just it doesn't really happen, you know. But so I mean, seriously, if you can play, if you're still playing music with your friends, you know. Uh, well, and that's, that's, and that's about as, that's about as good as life gets, man. I mean, no, actually, that is it. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's as good. That's as it, it, man. Sure. You can try drugs, and and it's better than drugs. It's better than fucking. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, or whatever. So it's uh, you know, you can try try to recapture that by doing other stuff. But no, it's like when no, you know, there's nothing like it. No, when world. you're sitting around, like you know, when we first when you first started playing, like um. And first, if you, you know it gelled the first time you did it, and y'all looking at each other like this is fun, like you're right. a bunch of you know goofy kids, man, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, man, I uh, I just weed. So I've eaten a, uh, a chocolate. <laughs> I've got a high tolerance. Uh, so hey, uh, and and also I've got some other. stuff. I've got a gig to play, so I gotta. Yeah, you can't take two. Well, I've got some CBD stuff if you want to no, balance I don't know, out. I don't know what CBD does. I'm not sure what that does, man. <laughs> I was kind of snake oilish to me a little bit. I don't know. Uh, it's a really snake oilish. Well, here's the deal about snake oil, though. Okay, here's what you can look up: snake oil. Snake oil was um, snake oil was good for certain things. It was very expensive, but it was very hyped up. It was like uh, always, it became a cure all. But it was good for arthritis and stuff. It was good when you rubbed it in. It was like it was you know it came from somewhere. Right. But all of a sudden it was like uh, I, you know I, I just want to get people to oh CBD it cures autism. I'm done, man. Come on. And there's a and it's real expensive i'm sorry i don't mean to trash y'all's product <laughs> no, go get no, some I mean, everyone get some <laughs> everyone get some get as much as you can get a truckload but it's like right. i haven't i haven't found a use for it yet because like i just want to get stoned uh a writer a guitar player in life she'll like uh she'll like um uh uh she'll take it and calm her down right 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 but to me it's like it's like it's like a car without an engine you know i'm like i just want i'm, I'm addicted to marijuana about as much as you I mean, can be you're not addicted but you know i do it enough that it was an, if it was an addictive drug i'd be fucked if you if you did an addictive drug i would have been dead 20 years ago <laughs> Cause that's one thing i've been doing it's like i took this in my own hands about 
1998 and started making my own cookies because I always liked the eating it, but it rarely that people didn't carry edibles around. There wasn't the word edibles, period, yet. Uh, you got space cake in Amsterdam. That was it. And that was about it. So and I, like I, homemade brownies. And homemade it. brownies. And I, I, we, I got down to where it was cookies, and I've been living on those for 22 years. So, uh, I mean, when I... I can't take them obviously when the, the, to Europe, but I try to find a substitute in Europe. Like I'll like, especially if I'm going over a border, I'll I'll grind up marijuana and I'll put it in, and uh, heat up a cup of coffee and, and drink that, especially with hash. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Just melt it down in your. Cup. Well, yeah, as best you can. I don't quite get it, but it's, yeah, excuse me, best you can. And uh, so I've been living like that for like a long time. It's like written most songs on it, and I bet it calms me fuck down what i like about edibles is that it is that they go for a long time and you don't have like when you smoke or especially if you do dabs have you done a dab yet i uh, i yeah i did a dab uh i did a dab one time because i was uh, i was on a, i did an acoustic tour with an acoustics me and the uh, the guitar player from nine pound hammer earl and we went out at acoustic he had uh, a telecaster and a little champ anyway we we were in springfield missouri it was a it was us in bird cloud it was in springfield missouri and uh, I, I asked on, on the microphone for some weed because I hadn't had any for days. And uh, some, some like college kids said, yeah, I'll come over to my house. And so I drive over there to get some weed. And he goes, you've done dabs? So I was like, I'm bound to do dabs. It seemed like kind of thing. Yeah, I, I guess I've it's done It's a little them. free basic. But, oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, of course I've done dabs. So we want to do something? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do that before I drive back to the uh the hotel we're at yeah man sure i'll do i'll do one of your dabs and so i'll go in and all of a sudden he pulls this fucking huge blowtorch out not a small like little kit like old school this has been years ago big fucking blowtorch oh yeah and i go maybe i haven't done dabs (laughs) and so he gets hot knife he gets uh but he gets this he gets this uh big glotch of like tar it's huge and puts it down because he's obviously done a lot of dabs to where he has to do this right. much and he puts it down you know in this little, that little container a plastic container whatever it is and he gives me this and it heats up this end of his huge pipe and i suck in on it i of course i cough, cough for five minutes but instead of getting giggly high i got to where it's like eating a mountain of acid i felt like i was just questioning it uh, questioning fucking everything that goes on and way way words are formed why i was there what what you know so I just sat there and I couldn't do anything, man. I had to call a cab <laughs> to go like three blocks. I couldn't walk, dude. Uh, it's scary, right? It's, it wasn't. It's it wasn't much. good. It was, it was like one of the four times I've gotten high, probably ten thousand times, and it's one of the f- gotten too high, getting like, to too high. Like well, I've gotten too high, maybe that time and two other times, maybe. That's but that the was only one. times you've ever gotten too high. I, I, I don't think I could count the number of times I've gotten too high. I like. <laughs> I tell myself to calm down. I, I, I like I said, I lived on lived on these cookies, and there was always a certain wave of um, kill myself paranoia. There's a little wave of paranoia that comes going to come, and it some fucks with some people. But I just kind of logically tell myself, go, hey man, this is right this, after this had, you get the this first. happened the same time yesterday. Everything's fine. Just chill. Have a good time. Go, the, the, go get your guitar. The drop yeah. in. The drop in, as it's called. See, that's uh, that's okay. So like when I. When I smoke, or especially if I do dabs, you get the big drop in. You know what I mean? Where it's really, it's really hard, and you get that paranoia. When you take edibles, it's like 
It comes on slow. It lasts long, and yeah. then you go to sleep. That's what I. Well, that's what I. That's what I. I live on nibble on cookies that I make myself, and mine are uh, homemade ones. They're a little they're, these gummies we've been getting, and we got in um, Washington and uh, you know Canada. They're a little more placative. They're a little more like oh, even like. Well, it's because they're regulating it now. Like the ice cream that I gave you that you're going to eat later, like uh-huh. if that was a regulated product, there's no way you'd be able to put that much weed in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in a, a place as sensible as Canada. You know? Well, so gonna- yeah, Canada, Canada, they didn't have. Uh, um, they had mostly pills, so you, it didn't have the same like fun. And gummies are fun. Like even gummy and get weird. It's like no, here's a pill. It's like wow, you're just not really. Way to it's take not even, the joy even, out of it. Yeah. Well, they have to do. They're, they're going to get edibles like within a year. They had to start with the pills. But I got man. I had a. I was in Vancouver and I'd run out. This is like three three days ago, uh, something like that. And Vancouver, British Columbia, and I went up. And uh, and I checked the dispensary near me on the phone, and I went to this one place, and I was like, "You got gummies?" Go, yeah, we've got these ones that are fifty milligrams, just for one gummy. <laughs> so I ate, so I know I ate like half of that, and I'm fine. And I, you know, but yeah, because I, I watch out for that. But you got to watch out because it tastes good. If it tastes good, it's like man. Oh, and then I'm you get high and you want treats. Yeah, uh, I've, that's the. <laughs> I've only got munchies, munchies in the, when I first started smoking weed, and occasionally when the edibles were too good. Now I started, I just started eating everything. You, know. <laughs> you don't, you don't get the munchies typically. No, oh, man, dude, I, I, I just, I'm, I, I eat, I eat like, I eat a bunch of crap anyway, even when I'm totally, totally straight. So, uh, <laughs> but first time, the first time I got, the uh, first time I got high, I got the munchies really bad. I was eating everything I possibly could, and we were broke. It's a nine-pound hammer house. I didn't get high until I was 20-something, and uh, everyone else just kind of was doing it all the time. I finally gave in. I couldn't stop laughing, and I remember eating this whole pan of hamburger helper and then, like, making someone go to the drive-thru. And then making me someone going. I walked to get a Snickers bar and a Coke, and so you're pretty you know, much eating all day anyway. You I was it, doing the weed's not. Well, that was that's what I do now anyway. But at that point, I was ravenous, so it was like I couldn't. Okay, I, I wasn't getting full, and it was just fun, blast to eat. Oh, dude! If my wife asked me, like, she's like, she's like, do you want to? Are you hungry? It's like, yeah, I can pretty much always eat, like always, twenty four hours a day. If you've got something like that you want to put in my mouth, I'll fucking eat it. 24 hours You're lucky you can do that, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, even on the road. Like, every time I stop, every time we stop for gas on the road, it's like, I'm going through, I'm getting something salty, I'm getting something sweet, I'm getting something cold, I'm getting something to drink, like, whatever. I, I barely fit in my stage clothes as it is. I mean, <laughs> it's my biggest culprit is beer. What are your you stage know? clothes? I didn't realize oh, you had, God. like, separate Shh. stage Oh, hell clothes. yeah. I got great shit. I got, great, I got really good stuff. I look mean, like. you got some pearl snaps. I know you got some of that I got shit. some evil. I got some. No, no, I'll stop wearing that. I'll start. I got... Uh, there was something. Uh, there's a thing that I wore on the cover of High as Hell. It's kind of red, white, and blue. It looked like it belonged to a wrestler or a stripper, <laughs> and I'm the only one to look good in it. And I, uh, I, so I started wearing that again. So I said, "Fuck it." I was like, you know, so it looks like, looks like, yeah, it looks like Randy Savage. I guess I didn't really watch wrestling, but it looks like some a wrestler wearing this. And um, and I've got like a red, white, and blue uh, leather jacket I was wearing. Yeah, the older I get, the better clothes you gotta get, man. You can't just yeah. Like, you gotta dress up for the. Beer, I have man. to. I have to because I got two women, and I get cool enough clothes where I get my pictures taken just as much. You know, they're taking just my jacket. Like seriously, half the time they're taking pictures of my jacket. Right. That's how good the jacket. And the one, but anyway, this one I we were on tour with Guitar Wolf. Uh, 
a couple months ago. Yeah. And uh, I left my book bag somewhere and my jacket was in it, the one uh, stage jacket. So I went online and found the only other one that was comparable. And yeah, it looks like Evil Knievel meets, meets uh, Evil Knievel's chubby wrestling brother, you know, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, but, you know, the band's gotten really good. I mean, uh, we've always been good. We've always been great. It's always been great. But it's, uh, um, got a really extra, extra good drummer at the moment. And uh, he's, uh, he's young. So it's like he's, everyone's, everyone's younger than me and Ryder. So it's kind of like no, last time we played, up. Last time we played with you guys, it, it sounded tight, sounded good. It was, I mean, dude, I've we've, this is the only time probably in the last five or six years that we haven't been on your show here in denver i know i don't know who's on let me see if karen wrote here i mean uh, wow my phone said unlocked even though i just pushed you <laughs> the odds of that man we had we had one uh weird thing I'm like how does our phone listening to this stuff man i was like uh this kept up jungle book came up where it said something about blue the bear <laughs> and something that came up it comes it came up and then uh that the song that song is that this guy who the guy who did the voice of Baloo was a guy named I think Fred Harris, and he had a song called "In the Fifties." A novelty song, like "Oh, get out of here!" That before I call a cop. Oh, get out of here! It was called "The Thing," and that came up too. I don't know. So <laughs> wait, phones, wait, wait. our phones are listening. So I'm just saying. Oh. I, t- I typed the word "you." I, typed, Dude, I said no "word." Joke. I said "unlocked," and all I do is push "you." And like you know, let me do that for you. Yeah, let no. me do. Let me do your thing. Let me do your thing for you. Yeah, there we go. For sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, they got there's the. I mean, you know, I could, anyway. I've seen I've seen my Spotify preferences change just from the environments that I've been in. Really, like it's listening to the music in the environment that I'm going to, and it's changing the type of music that I'm getting fed. Like that's not that's not the cookie or the edibles. That or maybe <laughs> no, they, maybe no. maybe there's Spotify edibles. There we go. It, it, it might be. I've learned, you know what? I tell you what. Spotify is like okay. We have to take a hit as far as the budget, and that sucks because we have to. National Pussy has to back to the original question here. National Pussy now, who's used to having these big budgets for all these records, right? All you know, and le- and leisurely time. We're not used to going in and doing a punk rock four day. And go do it, and hope you like what you got, because that's it. You know, no, we're used to going. We're used to doing pre-production. Um, everyone going to studio for going to this actual studio for seventeen to twenty-one days. Well, you guys did help in Texas at Palomino. Yes, right? yeah. I mean, we flew in. Everyone flying there, ordering barbecue, being spoilt, basically paying people, paying paying band members, and all that. So all that's just down to like you know. So we're used to that. So I was like, but if we our budget got cut so much because of Spotify, I mean, it, it got cut sixty uh, percent, and uh, it's gotten and it, it, been, it had been always been big, big up going up and down certain parameters though. But it was always because they knew they'd get rid of certain. Has it certain changed amount. in Europe too? That was our as in Europe. That was that's our worldwide. So you've 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 had a sixty to seventy percent. Uh, yeah, for worldwide. for for a, for a worldwide budget, for a budget, what? a budget. What's because Spotify? Because people don't buy music. I mean, it's like what about there's a, there was there, there was a, man there was a, there was a, I think was Springsteen's last record just came out and Madonna's last record just came out. Yeah, they just they still make. I love love Springsteen, but yeah, they make these records and they both tied for number one in the British charts. I think they sold maybe sixteen thousand combined total. <laughs> Something. I mean, if we sold as much. 
I mean, we'd have uh, we'd be. I mean, we we sold like uh, the second record we came out with, High as Hell, that sold fifty thousand, and back then that was a failure. I mean, fifty thousand hard copies, and now we would be number one. If you people, sold 50, people, 000, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. No, I mean, there's. I, I saw this one Elvis Costello record you did with the Roots sold eighteen thousand copies, and it was number on number two. I mean, right. that's crazy because they hit back in the seventies. There was there was like Ario Speedwagon albums went double platinum and only got to number twenty eight. You know, I mean, seriously. Right, there, right, I, mean, right. there, I mean, there was a bunch of rock and roll records, and that well, went, that was went. the only way to consume music. Then, I know, too, I know, I know. So that I do so so given, but it does suck about the uh, about the budget. That's what's hit us hard. But I do like spot. I've heard more music in the last two and a half years since I've got my fo- Spotify on my phone than I've heard in the pre in like. Fifth, the previous twenty, it's like being a kid again. I go from one thing to the next, and I've got, I'm all over the place, and like, right. uh, yeah. And you're like, it's like, I like going to, like, I used to go to the library when I was a kid. That's how I'd go. That's what made my music taste pretty much. I, my first concert, it was 1976. I was 12 years old. It was Kiss with Bob Seger opening up on the on Destroyer tour, right? Right. And my parents wanted me to go because I was I moved to a new neighborhood and I got invited. But Kiss was controversial. My parents didn't really know who they were, but they they were teachers and they're kind of hip. And <laughs> they they had just gone seen the Four Seasons uh, two weeks before and said, "Oh, everyone's dressed up nice. It's fine. It's Kiss Con." So <laughs> the only thing they told me though, man, it's like uh, they and I think they found more about more about Kiss after they gave the permission. To go, they didn't want to back out. They're like, oh, you know, no, they, and then like the only thing they told me, they said, okay, what you got to do though, when you get a Coca Cola, you got to put your hand over top because <laughs> because hippies said hippies will come along and drop acid in it. And that was common. They say, no and, that, and we Pat was that was a redneck suburbia, uh, working redneck now, suburbia. Sure, like, you know, yeah, make sure you cover up your cup. No, I, and I, I told I, we told others like, hey man, you know, when you go, you know, I mean, no, did it happen? You know, we had. I mean, we sat there, started watching Kiss, and we're like, so we're like this, you know. <laughs> Dude, I mean, but we saw we saw that's the first time I saw people smoking pot, man. And I was twelve years old. And and our parents didn't do that. I mean, Dad drank his ass off, but like he did not smoke weed. And uh, it was a hippie thing. And these people smoked. And back then, people just smoked out while the lights were still on. I mean, Pat, you just right, right. There's no reserve seats. It was just a fucking chaos. Right. People sneak in Jack Daniels bottles and frisbees and balloons and whatever, everything possible. Like Jack, huge bottles of Jack Daniels, and the dude. Dude, right below us, right below our seat. We had marijuana in our face, me and the 12 year old friend, his mom, and his cousin. And uh, we're waiting for Kiss, and we're just scared shitless anyway, man. It's like Kiss is there, and we never seen a concert before. Right. And uh, this dude passed out. While the before the first band was on, and it was sold. It was and back then bands were loud. And the first band was called Artful Dodger, and they, and they was there before Bob Seger and Kiss, and they were so loud. I just had my senses blown out, and it felt great. I was just like grinning from ear to ear. But this dude was passed out, so I thought he's dead <laughs> from smoking pot. And I was sitting there, was like, and, and I remember like Bob Seger came. Bob Seger came on, and he was. I don't. I wish I could go back in time and appreciate that show. But I was twelve years old. I didn't. Right. I was still waiting for Kiss, and and uh, when he played, he played Catman Do, and these two like older 
Well, older, I was 12, so they were, you know, bar flies, and they were probably 23. They looked fucking 40, but they're they were, they're in these tight pants in the 70s, and they started doing the bump right in front of right in front of us, and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I thought I'm gonna die. <laughs> we're all gonna die, or, you know. I thought, you know, because I, I thought, oh Jesus, is watching. I'm gonna, he's gonna get mad. Um, he was gonna get mad that you were like, I, I don't know, I don't know. I didn't know what to think, man. It was, I was just like, I was so out of my fucking element that I, you know, just you just throw into the you're thrown into the Dude, and people fire thought, you there know was, there was that like there was like that hippie fright thing man it's like oh man no there was there was there were two doors down from uh our house and uh and uh yeah i mean they were actual hippies and then they were th- these dudes and there's four of them living in a house four guys living in a house man that's so weird and it was always their their lawn one mode and uh and they don't t- don't tell me they had a house a small house fire from cooking a hamburger and they're huh? <laughs> they're all freaked out but oh my god and i mean and i wasn't friends with them i didn't say anything to them man it's like and i was probably i was probably a little prick to them because they scared the shit of me but man one time we we go in there and peer in their house and we look in the window right go you know and one time we went up me and a friend and we had about we were about six, seven years old, and we looked in, and all there was is one room. It was nothing but a dirty floor, and in the corner there was a like a bag of peanut butter cookies that had been open. And we're going, "Oh God, it's just hell." <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think I'd live like that oh one day. God. I had no idea. I probably would have killed myself. No, I thought, "My God, this, these people are evil." Yeah, I mean, this look is at it. Real. I just picture those guys sitting in the corner with those sunglasses and that long hair, and they're all chubby, like just eating these peanut butter cookies. <laughs> All fucked up, like planning to kill us, man. It was this is a year and a half after Manson. I lived in, oh Owens, yeah, yeah, and I lived in Owensburg, Kentucky. So oh, yeah, you know, my parents were. You were like, you're like, I don't my blame Family's them. gonna get murdered. No, they were cool. They were cool. They knew better, but they were cool. Yeah, because I actually had a cousin who was a hippie, not hippie, was the name Tommy and Tony, and they lived in Henderson, Kentucky. And they like uh, they had long hair and played drums, but they're they're one of the good ones. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and that shit went on for a long time. Like yeah. My dad, yeah. my dad was a cop for thirty six years, right? And uh, in the eighties, you know, when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to get ice cream from ice cream trucks. Oh man, that's weird. That's why that was my I was that was my job for years. Being an ice cream truck, like like Jackie, yeah, I did it for five years. Really? It was great. Right before I did this band, that was my last job, Rice Cream Man. Well, then my dad was yeah. probably right not to let me eat the, the ice cream. Well, it was, it was, they, were, they were kind of scumbags, but, it's like, uh, but they were like just they, they were just dudes that needed a job. I mean, well, I was, I was thought, in the same boat as them, you know? He thought he thought someone was going to give me acid in ice cream. God, that's so crazy. He was like... That's it, like the razor blades in the apples in the apple like, you know, down he the street. Totally. Like a, some old lady buys a, where saves up, buys a nice house, a nice neighborhood just so one day she can, she put can an stick apple a needle. With a razor blade. And then some, some kid she could kill any other day of the week, man, if she really wanted to. Dude, that was... That could have done, done more cleverly than that, too. It's like, you know, she could probably like, you know, now I'm, now I'm getting high. I'm thinking of ways that <laughs> old ladies could kill kids Oh no, and not be detected. Did, and it's like instead of like the apple, it's like where'd you get this at? Well, down the street. Well, let's anybody go get her, in the know. future who went to the Nashville <laughs> Pussy Show, please do not hold me responsible for the effect of the. Yeah, we're going to be like, yeah, it's going to be canceled in the future for just just about. Uh, yeah, we were talking about we started talking about the Beatles and we started talking about killing kids. I was like. <laughs> 
It's that's just yeah. that's, I don't know. Some of the Beatles, some of the Beatles makes me want to kill kids. Dude, it was it was that was around the time that was around the time that like the twenty four hour news cycle shit and like shows like a current affair were just like they were the original clickbait, man. No, there was a, there was and the, those guys were around too when the uh, devil worshiping stuff was around. Oh yeah, and that got some and that got some. You know, at, at these days I'd watch it, but back then people ate that up because I grew up in a small town Kentucky where we had we had numerous record burns. In like 1980, 81, when that stuff of shit was going on, they passed out stuff at school. And uh, I mean, even when the call, I went briefly went to college, Western Kentucky University for a year. They had stuff there. I mean, record burnings, huge record burnings. There was one. They were in the paper, and no one was saying, no one was like really saying it was the wrong thing to do either. Man, I was scared. They, they were burning everything possible. They were saying Abba was evil. Everything, right? Anything was secular. As... You know, and it started with Ozzy. Kind of, it was Ozzy. Uh, the Ozzy scare. You know, because Ozzy. Ozzy's, Ozzy's the devil, and um, right. he bit the head off a bat. And there was, and there was I was I grew up during the Alice Cooper scare originally. Right, yeah, that was uh, that was like the kiss round thing. And I that grew up like, during the Marilyn Manson scare. Hey, I was a part of that. <laughs> yeah, I know you were a part of that. Hey, here's a good point. We were on we were on fucking tour with him during that during that uh, during all that shit going down. Really? Yeah, we were the opening band, and uh, and we in like '99. Yeah. Like, yeah, we were opening band on that. that yeah, we shit. were supposed to play Denver, and we were supposed to play Denver. And uh, now this shit went down to Columbine, and our drummer said the best thing ever, and no one's ever figured it out. He said if those kids were such big fans of Marilyn Manson, it seemed like they had waited to w- waited a week till after the fucking concert. <laughs> oh no one came up with that. Everyone had the information. Our drummer, that's Jeremy Remo Thompson, man. I was like, yeah, that's the way his brain thinks. That's why he was, you know. So valuable for so long. Yeah, <laughs> think it's just, think, just like see the most obvious fucking thing. Yeah, because we were in uh, we were in Boise, Idaho, or somewhere when that shit went down, and all of a sudden it was like, because he had a bunch of crazy shit go around. On he was nuts. He was he did some shit on stage, man. He was we were in Indianapolis, Indiana with him and uh, he just gets up there and goes who wants to fuck me this is a stadium who wants to fuck me in the ass and some fuck <laughs> this this girl came this girl came down and well, she had couldn't be 17 and took her top off on stage this is a stadium and they started like fucking I, I, it's you know pretend like it was the old days in the club and he would he would do spell out Give me a D R U G S drugs and right, right, all right. that stuff. And he tell us tell a story about a cop like pulling him over and s- sucking his dick, and he was like, and he looks like that cop right there, and he you know, fucking they hit a fucking cop with a spotlight, man. And oh, yeah, and everybody in the crowd's just like, oh, Boo! I was like, I was like, I was, it was great, yeah, I was, I was great, it was great, dude. Yeah, my- yeah, but that when that happened, he was he was pushing it so fucking hard. And he had basically had T-shirts that said like "Kill your parents" on it and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you know. So I was like, I was like, he's getting away. He's like, it's like this guy's getting away a lot. He tore up a Bible on stage, and he acted like a Nazi kind of. He's kind of like, he, he, and like, yeah, that tour, that, that show was amazing. You know what? That show was amazing. And then, uh, then, then that. When, I mean, he had the craziest fans, and uh, he was, oh, yeah, you know, he was doing blow. I mean, they were doing blow. I mean, they were doing blow nonstop. I think, I got, yeah. Anyway, yeah, because we had the same dude, and we occasionally we had, <laughs> had some left over, like you know, just give us some. Right, right. That didn't happen very often, but anyway, so he was he was uh, crazy. So kind of kind of culminated, and when that shit went down here, uh, uh, then all of a sudden 
the fucking there was the meat we was like we were told not to talk to media and all of a sudden the uh, entire arena was sort of surrounded with fucking every news oh, organization yeah. and like you know and there was there it was their tour and like you know and they said don't talk to anyone I was like we won't man and they were like they clean out yeah clean out that's where you got the phrase clean out the O's on your um, credit card because that's where the cocaine gets stuck oh yeah they said yeah because we're getting about the police are coming so everyone oh, clean out test the O's yeah, they, they, no no it's like that's, I think it's where it actually gets stuck and it's, people are lazy oh man look at this guy no. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, we were there during all that, and uh, we had a gig. Uh, we had a gig. We kept our. We had a no. They were they kicked us off. Originally, it was at Red Rocks, and they had local five, local seven or five seven or whatever local band was. They called local. I don't know. They were playing, and so we were. They had us. Red Rocks had National Pussy going on half hour before doors open. What? <laughs> That's just like saying, how can we fuck these guys? It's weird because now there's a picture of a writer at Red Rocks because since we played there. But, years later really but yeah but I didn't know that we played there uh, on Tattoo the Earth but originally they were they wanted to uh, logo 607 or whatever that band is um they put those guys on there, and uh, they were putting us in an early, early slot, and uh, we said, you know, screw you, we're going to play the Bluebird, and, or the Bluebird, whatever the other one is down the street. Uh, uh, Ogden? Ogden. Bluebird. I think it's the Bluebird. So we got our own gig at the Bluebird, and then uh, this is, and a few days later, Coleman happened, and their, and, and their stuff, they just just canceled it. Yeah. <laughs> and we kept our gig. We came here. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I grew up here when that shit went down like yeah Karen too a mile from Columbine man. oh really yeah I grew up Yikes. a mile from Columbine I went to Kennedy High School and like when that shit went down they were locking up schools like people were coming so we're back we're getting back to talk about killing kids again right dude <laughs> dude it was just it was a crazy time and my wow. dad my dad worked security at fucking Ozfest and, uh, you know, because he would do – so Aramark, the, like, food and beverage distributor, they'll, like, hire cops to go stand at concerts and shit like that, right? So my dad would go work these Aramark jobs at concerts and shit. And he went to OzFest the year Marilyn Manson was the headliner. And he told me, he was like, yeah, son, I, uh, I saw that Marilyn Manson fella that everybody's all pissed off about. He was like, that was a pretty goddamn good show. Yeah, it was an excellent show. Yeah. And that, that year that we did that, that, that happened, and that was the big stadium tour, they, they, they spent a lot of money on the, on, uh, the whole show. And there was a, because we opened for them, and we thought, you know, we're an actual pussy, and it was a real hot we just go up out of starting gate it's a big record contract and and uh so we thought i was like okay i'm gonna go get some amps for us for a stadium so i go and get we already have each have a marshall so i'll go and get these fender basemen uh they're from like the early 60s i didn't know how great they they're worth i bought them for fear and bucks worth thousands now and they sounded perfect so we me and Ryder both had these fender basements and a marshall and it sounded ungodly but when we got in the stadium the first thing i heard was like it hit the chord and all i heard was like the slap back like <laughs> but by the time we played and did our set we did really well to start off north carolina and i thought 
you know, are we because we kind of were smoking everybody back then. I thought, man, we, you know, he didn't know what he didn't know what he's in for, man. We, we fucking killed him, and then I went out and saw his show. He's like, oh fuck no, he had a costume change and a scene change for every song. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean everything. It was just not. It was non. He put he put a lot of thought in that fucking. You gotta thing. have a little theater in the rock show, man. I would have more. We'd have more if we could afford it, man. It's like uh, he. I mean, you guys have plenty of theater in your show. Or theater in ourselves, you know. That's so that's just it. <laughs> That's why I always say, like, a lot of hard rock bands, a lot of metal bands, stuff like that, they have want the light show to them to be dark and flashing real fast. Right. And I was like, no, man, we're not, you know, uh, there's girls up here. People want to see them. And it's like, right, that's right. kind of the point. We wear shiny clothes, too. And jump around a lot. I mean, we don't just stand there. So if you jump around a lot and, and the... Uh, and the lights are jumping around a lot too. You could look like you're just standing there, <laughs> theoretically, man. Or it doesn't doesn't have the same effect. I just like it to be bright, you know. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, shit, man. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, but man. I, we can just I can just all night if I'm high. Oh, dude. I would love to. I would love to have you back on. Um, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's better. It's better. I, I like I like being in person better than on the phone. Phones kind of next back time, anytime. dude. Next time you come into town. We'll have you come in, and we'll actually do the live stream. It'll be a ton of fun. Yeah, it'll be any time, man. Yeah. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. So I have I have an idea. So I I gave you our latest print comic that's sitting right in front of you, okay. right? But we're we've got a new motion comic that's coming out, and I have a couple lines that I wanted to have you read. Yeah, and put you as a cameo in the new motion comic. Are give you me, uh, yeah, give me. Uh, can you have a, you have a shot of booze? Yeah, I got a shot of booze. Yeah, okay, I, I got to clear my clear All my. Right, I'm gonna my I'm gonna text here. these just straight straight booze. No no. Just right. like a sh- yeah, like a big shot of. All right, let me go get it. Uh, if you got if you got whiskey, I got rum. Rum's rum, all I got. I'm gonna. I'll try it with that. You're just a slave, man. Here we go. Another barroom political analyst. Look here, Junior. We live in the outland. What those dickheads say in TV doesn't affect us one bit. I'm just waiting for the game to come on. That's perfect. That's because I'd be I could do it again, but it'd be exactly like that. Uh, that's perfect, All right. dude. I really appreciate you coming and hanging out. Yeah, I got Karen to come get me. Oh shit! Oh, Karen's here. She's here. Yeah, Karen. Oh, hey, just Karen. Up. Good fight. Meh, doesn't bother me.